We're going to go to the book of Nehemiah this morning, Nehemiah chapter number 4 in your Bible, if you will, the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter number 4. Nehemiah chapter number 4. When you find that, if you'd stand for the reading of the Word of God, in honor of the Word of God, if you're well able to stand, and if not, God understands all about that, but stand, stretch your legs a little bit, so you won't fall asleep during the service this morning. Nehemiah chapter number 4, verse number 1, the Bible says, But it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth, and took great indignation, and mocked the Jews. And he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria, and said, What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? Now Tobiah, the Ammonite, was by him. And he said, Even that which they build. If a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. Hear, O our God, for we are despised. And turn their reproach upon their own head, and give them for a prey in the land of captivity, and cover not their iniquity, and let not their sin be blotted out from before thee, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. But it came to pass that when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Astadites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped, then they were very wroth and conspired all of them together to come and and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God and set a watch against them day and night because of them." I want to try to preach to you out of this passage of Scripture this morning. Don't close your Bible because we may look at a couple more verses in this passage. But I want to try to preach to you on this subject. It's not time to run from the battle. It's not time to run from the battle. Let's pray and we'll get started. Father, once again, we just thank you for your goodness to us and Lord for the uh, ability and opportunity that we have to have a church service this morning, and I have no idea who's watching, who's listening, uh, but Father, you do, and so we ask that your perfect will would be done in each life. We ask that hearts and minds would be open to what you have for them. We know that um, you're an, you, um, that you look at us as individuals, that you want to speak to us right where we are in our life right now. And so, dear God, we ask that uh, you would do that by your precious Holy Spirit. We need your power, unction, uh, Lord, that boldness of the Holy Ghost. We just, we just pray, Father, this message would be preached in, in such a way that it would bring honor and glory to you and that it would help the listeners. Be with us now, Father, we pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing, and please do be seated. Nehemiah, I, I, it's, it's another one of my favorite books of the Bible. I know that I say that about a lot of books, but I've preached to it quite a bit uh, when I was on the road in evangelism. 
And uh, it's tremendous. It's a tremendous source of encouragement. And if we went back to Nehemiah chapter number three, we would see how it gives us a picture of unity and purpose and progress, the people working together. God's people committed themselves to the task of building the wall. Before long, the evidence of their work was very plain to see because piles of rubble uh, were removed. The wall went up. The gaps in the wall became fewer and fewer and fewer. And it was very hard work, but I imagine that the visible evidence of the progress was a real encouragement to those that were out there laboring. And they could look at the wall and they could know that their labor was not in vain. And here in Nehemiah chapter 4, we learned that God's work didn't go forward without conflict. Um, the, the enemies of God saw the progress that was being made, and, and this chapter records their opposition. And it reminds us of a very important truth and something we have to keep in a, the forefront of our mind. Every work of God is opposed by the devil. Every work of God is opposed by Satan. This is true whether it be the work uh, of a church or the life, just the life of a dedicated believer. When, 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 when godly individuals commit themselves to the work of God, to doing the will of God, they will find that Satan has already committed himself to stopping them if he can. He wants to stop us badly. And the opposition to the work uh, came in, in different ways. And we need to examine each one of those to see how Nehemiah responded to them because the Bible was given to us as uh, that we might have an examples. And because he responded properly, because he responded in a way that was right, the work continued on and was completed. Um, it's really crazy. We would have to say that, that these guys gathered together, these enemies of God gathered together, and they said, we've got to come up with a plan. Okay, well, we'll call it Operation Ridicule. I mean, come on. And, and so they had this motivation. Verse number one says, but it came to pass when Sanballat heard that we built the wall, he was wroth, he's very angry, took great indignation, and he mocked the Jews. He was wroth, he took great indignation. You should write, in the margin of your Bible right there, you should write hostility by verse 1. Because they were very hostile. He was very hostile. This world, this world is not indifferent to the work of God. No, 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 no. This world is hostile toward the work of God. It's, it's, become, it's becoming more and more evident as time goes on. Worldly-minded people are not indifferent to the, to the work of God. No, no, they hate it. I'll say it again. Worldly-minded worldly people are not indifferent to the work of God. They hate it. They don't like it. It exposes them for who they are. It shows them exactly who they are, and they do not like it. Look, it's impossible to stand up for God. It's impossible to commit to do His will or enlist in His service without encountering hostility in some form. You will, no, 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 people will come against you. James chapter 4 and verse number 4 says, Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Uh, look, the opposition is also, I'm sorry, the opposite is also true. Whoever will take the side of God will find himself the enemy of the world. It goes both ways. Oh, yeah, no, it goes both ways. Whosoever there will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. But whosoever will be a friend of God, no, 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 the world is his enemy. We have to remember that. We have to remember that, that people aren't excited because we're trying to, 
to propagate the gospel. People aren't excited when you knock on their door and try to tell them that the Lord Jesus Christ died for them. People are not excited when we begin to separate ourselves uh, from, from worldly entertainments and, 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 and worldly lifestyles. Uh, they're not excited about that whatsoever. No, 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 no. I, I'm telling you, they want to continue on comfortably. And we make them uncomfortable as we begin to live a godly life and do what God would have us to do. We have an enemy. Mark this down. The fury of hell is always un- unleashed against those who rise to build in faith. Oh, it will happen. You will face opposition. I'm telling you, the devil will come against you. It's okay to be a nominal Christian. You can cruise right along. Nobody's going to bother you. Everything has seemed like it's okay. I'm talking about being a nominal Christian. Oh, yes, I'm a Christian. But you don't attend church, and you don't grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you don't sanctify yourself unto God from this world. It's easy to be a nominal Christian, but I'm telling you, when you begin to live for God and stand up for God and do the things that God would have you to do, it becomes another story. The enemy will rise, rise up against you, and he will do everything he can to stop you. Right. Nehemiah could have built the walls anywhere in the Persian Empire, and Satan would have just left him alone. Now, i say that again. He could have built that wall anywhere in the Persian Empire. The devil would have gone, oh, well, that's fine. I don't care anything about that whatsoever. I, I, the moment that he took up the work of building walls for God, he became a target. And I'm telling you, the moment you pick up and you decide you are going to build your family for God, you're going to build your life for God, you're going to go forward in the work of God, you will become a target. Well, preacher, I don't like that. Well, I don't like it much either. But it is the truth, and we have to recognize it, and we have to keep it in the forefront of our mind because because we do have a target on our back when we're trying to live for God. We have to realize that when we stand up for God, when things begin to happen, and it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like it's going oh so well, we have to realize that we have a real enemy that's going to come up against us, and there is going to be a fight, and we have to be ready to fight. It's not time to run. I said it's not time to run from the fight. No, 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 no. We more and more we have to become strong and do what God would have us to do. The devil has a hatred for anything and everything that is godly. And when the believer sides with God, he becomes an object of the devil's hostility. And, and he will be attacked. But there's a methodology. Verse number two says this. And he spake before his brethren, Sanballat did, uh, and, and the army of Samaria, and said, What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in the day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish which are burned? And now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him and said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall." So their methodology was ridicule. Sanballat ridiculed the workers. What do these feeble Jews? And did you notice the repetition? I mean, no, no, again, will they? Will they? Will they? Will they? He wanted them to know that he thought that they were too few. He wanted them to know that he thought they were too feeble that they'd never get this done, that it was not going to happen. In his opinion, they did not, please get this, they did not have the right stuff to get the job done. How in the world are they going to accomplish that? Look at this group, man alive. I can't see how they figure they're going to do anything whatsoever. 
And so, so not only he, but Tobiah ridiculed the work. Yeah, whatever they build, it ain't going to last. It, 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 it's not going to happen. I can't believe. I can't believe y'all even try to do that. I can't believe you run the buses out there. I can't believe you try to get people to come to church. I can't believe you tell people that God can change their life and things can be so much better and things can be so different. Oh, no, no. We, we still face that ridicule today. It's still there. What do you mean you don't let your kids go there? What do you mean you don't let your kids dress this way? And what do you mean you don't let your kids listen to this? And what do you mean you don't let your kids play those video games? And what do you mean? No, no, no. We still face that ridicule. It's still real. I'm telling you, when we try to live for God, when we try to do the right thing for God, we have a real enemy, and he's not going to slack up. I'll say it again. He's not going to slack up. I'm going to say it one more time. He's not going to slack up. And if you're giving in to him, you're not doing so well. And the people around you aren't doing so well. We have to determine that we are going to, we're we're not going to allow the ridicule of this world to keep us from doing what God would have us to do. Look, this world has no respect of the Christian. They don't respect us. They don't care about us. This world has no respect for the Christian's work, what they're trying to do, how they're trying to raise their family, how they're trying to live a good life. It's it's not impressed with our missions program. We support over 90 missionaries now, and they're not impressed with our missions program. They're not impressed that we're sending people around the world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They'd rather go over there and build them houses and give them groceries and teach them how to plant trees. And I'm telling you, I'm not against any of those things whatsoever as long as the main priority is getting them to Jesus. They're not impressed with that. No, no, no. They're not interested in our prayer meetings. They don't think there's any power there whatsoever. It it, it ridicules our faith in God and in His Word. And I'm talking about this world. It ridicules our faith in God. It ridicules our faith in His Word. And it laughs at our loyalty to the Savior. This old world does. They don't care about us. They think we're a bunch of nutcases. They, they, think, they think that we're all messed up, that we're all messed up. But Nehemiah was a man of God. I said he was a man of God. And he prayed. Now look at verse number four there. It says, Hear, O our God, for we are despised. And turn their reproach upon their own head and give them for a prey in their own kept, uh, uh, in, in the, the land of captivity. And cover not their iniquity and let not their sin be blotted out from before thee, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builder. <clears throat> There's a good lesson to be learned here because Nehemiah didn't engage in the fruitless arguments. Uh, or, or, or debates that he could have with these people. He fought his battle on his knees. You know what would make a real good poster, if you real a real good, you know, no, no, some a picture of somebody on their hands and knees praying to a holy God with a big caption that says, "Make war on the floor." That's where our battles are fought. That's where our battles are won. That's where we know God is working. Come on, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 says, But though we walk in the flesh, we do not war 
after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Talking to God is more effective than arguing with our enemies. We don't have to worry about what they say. We don't have to worry about what they do. We don't have to worry about what they think. No, 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 no. What we need to do is we need to take it all to God. See, Nehemiah had a proper view of the circumstances. He was doing God's work. He was doing God's will. So it was God's reputation that was at stake, not his wasn't his reputation that was at stake. No, no, no. Did you notice what he said there? They have provoked thee to anger. He's talking to God. They have provoked thee to anger. And so he took this to God, and then he just practiced persistence. I'm going to keep on going. No matter what they say, no matter what they do, no matter how they act, we're just going to keep on going. No, no, verse number six. So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. See, Nehemiah refused to let the disrespect of his enemies slow down the work of God. Look, it doesn't matter what they say about how you're trying to live your life. It doesn't matter what they say about how you're trying to raise your family. It doesn't matter, how, it doesn't matter what they say about your church attendance or how you give or how you go. It doesn't matter. I said it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's a principle here. And the principle is this. Faith enables us to press on in the face of opposition. To reject ridicule. Faith does. Faith in God. Come on, it is all about Him. Faith in Him. What does He want me to do? How does He want me to do it? What does He want me to say? Come on, we could go on with that. What does God want in my life? Faith in God. Faith that His Word is true. Faithful that He, faith that he guides us every day as we listen to Him. So, Operation ridicule didn't seem to work too well. So they got together and formulated a new plan. And they came up with uh, Operation Intimidation. No, really, look at verse number 7 there. But it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Astodots heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped, then they were very wroth, very mad. And conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. So they thought, we need to increase the pressure here. Man, we came in, we tried our way, and they just keep on going. So we need to increase the pressure. And so Sanballat, he organized the allies so that Jerusalem was surrounded and he virtually cut off, he cut them off from all help. Um, Samaria lay to the north of Jerusalem, uh, Ammon lay to the east, Arabia and Ashdod were 
down on the south with the Mediterranean Sea to the west, the Jews were surrounded and they were outnumbered. It wasn't looking real good. As often happens, Satan, please, please stay with us, stay with us. Satan met faith with increased opposition. Well, I tell you, I'm just going to give anyway. Be looking for opposition. Well, I tell you, I'm just going to go anyway. Be looking for opposition. Well, I'm trusting God. I'm going to raise my family for God. Be looking for opposition. Because I'm telling you, when we decide to, by faith, live the way that God would have us to live, the old devil, he will increase, it, increase, increase his opposition. James chapter 4, verse 7, though, says, Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit, the, submit yourselves, therefore, unto God, and resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Here's a fact. Our resistance, oh, no, 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 you better write this down. Our resistance has to outlast the devil's persistence. Because he ain't going to, no, 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 he, he, one thing, he's persistent. Our resistance against him, submitting ourselves to God and resisting him must outlast his persistence. Okay, think about this for an example. When Christ was tempted in the wilderness... I mean, the first time that Christ came back at him, the devil didn't flee until after the third attempt. And the Lord just continued to quote Scripture to him over and again and again. And then he left. Don't be surprised when he attacks. And don't be surprised when he attacks again. And don't be surprised when he attacks again. Our resistance to him has to outlast his persistence. Well, how do we do that, preacher? The way Nehemiah did it was a pretty good example. Verse number 9 again says, Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God. Now watch this. Not just prayer. No, no, no. Come on, stay awake. Not just prayer. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. So first off, first off, First off, intensifying the prayer. Intensifying the prayer. They were already praying, right? Come on, somebody say amen, Andrew. Help me out here. He said, nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God. We. See, I stand up here this morning as your pastor because, and, and encourage you, because no longer is Nehemiah praying alone, no, 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 but with others. Now he's praying with others. We, we, we made our prayer unto God. Nehemiah knew that it was vital that the workers have their own confidence in God. They had to have their own confidence in God. 
I'm thankful that in times in my life that I have followed someone else's faith and God has used that to help me get through. And I'm thankful for all that. But we have to come to a place where we have our own confidence in God. And that's where Nehemiah was here. He no longer was shouldering the burden of prayer all by himself. No, no, no. He led them to battle with him in prayer. In prayer. In James chapter 5 and verse number 16, the last part of that verse says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I love that verse because it's a very true verse. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The book of Marshall, chapter 1 and verse 2 would say this, The effectual fervent prayer of many righteous men availeth much more. Man, if the effectual fervent prayer of one righteous man availeth much, just imagine what the effectual fervent prayer of many men, many men, many women, many boys, many girls, imagine how much more it's going to avail. It's important. Preacher, how do we overcome all these things? It starts with prayer. Lifting our voices up to God. Asking Him to do what we can't. To be there for us and keep us strong and to guard us. Absolutely. But not only did He pray... He also set up a watch to warn the workers of any attack that was coming. Preacher, I just don't see the need. I mean, okay, I, I watched church a little bit, and even when we could come, you know, I'd, I'd come Sunday morning most of the time. Most of the time, Sunday morning, I was there. I mean, it's not like it's a big deal, you know that I wouldn't come Sunday night or Wednesday night or Sunday school or any of those things. I mean, I just, what's the big deal? Well, you know, I, I really believe that as a church, as a body of believers, that uh, as we come and we listen to the Word of God, that we catch warnings from those that stand before us and say, Thus saith the Lord. And we have these warnings to watch out for the attacks that are coming today and tomorrow and the next day and the next week and the next month. We have warnings. Well, it's not like I don't pray. Prayer and action, get this, prayer and action are not incompatible. They work together. Prayer should precede action, absolutely so. But prayer is not a substitute for action. And prayer is not an excuse for passivity, passivity either. Oh, no, no. Uh-uh. No. No. Look, it's good to pray about healing, and we do. But it doesn't mean you can't also go to the doctor. It's good to ask God to provide your needs. 
Definitely so. We're taught that. But that doesn't give you an excuse for, from, from having to get a job and earn a living. So, so let me make a couple of observations here and we'll divide up and go to lunch. Nehemiah, get it all out of your mouth, Nehemiah's opposition came while he was engaged, please get this, please get this, no this is important, his opposition came while he was engaged in the ordinary, uninspiring work of building a wall. What do you mean, preacher? Well, he wasn't involved in a great evangelistic campaign. He was just working. He wasn't doing anything that seemed to be uh, spectacular for God. Excuse me, Dad, Mom, are you listening? Day-to-day in teaching your children to follow the Lord, to love the Lord, to live for the Lord. It may get to a place where it seems like, you know, just the ordinary day-to-day, you know, just... But when you're doing it God's way, opposition's going to come. Sure, if you're teaching a Sunday school class, opposition's going to come. Working a bus route, opposition's going to come. Going out there knocking on doors, inviting people to church, opposition's going to come. Working around the church, opposition's going to come. Absolutely so. But I'm telling you, in the day-to-day work of building a Christian life, opposition's going to come. He was simply building a wall. But this is what we have to get. Come on, stay with me. But this is what we have to get. That wall represented God's will for his life. That's where God had him at that time. It was hard work. It was labor. Didn't seem too spectacular at the time. But it was God's will for his life at that time doing it God's way and it brought opposition and as you continue to try to do things really God's way well, so many things it's going to bring opposition no 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 when you determine you're going to raise your children for the Lord I know I know it's hard to believe about little Johnny or Susie but uh, the devil's going to encourage them to rise up against that 
to have their own way, to do their own thing, to be their own person. Don't you think for a second that that is not spiritual warfare? Don't you think for a second that the devil is not behind that? Because he is. It's not time to run from the fight. Not at all. We have to remember that God's will most often is about ordinary, uninspiring jobs. Truly. Like earning a living. Like caring for your family. Like raising your children. And that's exactly where we will encounter most of our opposition in our day-to-day work. Performing God's will. If you've decided to establish a home on biblical principles, you're a target for the devil's hostility. If you've committed to having godly character and integrity, you are going to become an object of his wrath. The simple fact that you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ invites the devil's opposition. And the quicker he can wash you out, stay with me just a couple more minutes, the quicker he can wash you out, the better he likes it. Nehemiah's faith didn't prevent him from overlooking the practical. Sometimes Christians are guilty of replacing faith, listen to me, of replacing faith excuse me, with fatalism. What do you mean, preacher? You know, that attitude, well, whatever will be, will be. You know, it just happened. But Nehemiah didn't do that. No, he wasn't like that. No, no, instead of saying, well, if the attack's going to come, it's just, it's going to come. We'll just have to trust God to keep us Say, come on, preacher, you know, all things work together for good. Don't even get me started off on that verse right now. All things work together for good. You know, whatever happens, happens, and God's going to bring it back around. And no, 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 he didn't have that. He didn't have that mentality. He set a watch, and he armed his workers. Okay, look at verse 16. Come on, we're almost done. Look at verse 16. And it came to pass from that time forth that the half of my servants wrought in the work, and the other half of them held both the spears, the shields, the bows, the habergens, and the rulers were behind all the house of Judah. We have to be on watch. We have to be armed with the armor of God. We have to pray, but we have to work. Well, I'm praying that my kids turn out okay. Do you bring them to church? Do you bring them to Sunday school? 
Do you do ministry with them? No, 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 don't look away. Are you doing the work too? We have to pray. But we have to be practical and we have to work. And we have to guard. I say we have to guard. We have to... We can pray and work. Dale Moody was once aboard a ship where fire broke out. And the crew and, and volunteers from among all the passengers, they formed a water bucket line back then, what they had, and filling up fire buckets and passing them and, and trying to get, get the fire out. And as all this was coming together, a friend of Mr. Moody's that was there with him, he suggested that they go to the very opposite end of the ship and pray. We just need to go pray, Mr. Moody. That's what we need to do. But the more practical-minded D.L. Moody said, No, sir, no. We're going to pray right here while we pass the buckets. Here's the lesson. Pray. Absolutely. But don't overlook the practical. Pray. That's the most important part. Absolutely. But don't overlook the practical. We must fight the fight at the same time. It's not time to run from the battle. It's time to pray and run into it. Pick up your sword. Pick up your sword. And move forward in your Christian life. Pray over your family, but guard your family. Prayer without the practical. You know, I'm, 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 I'm done. You know, if, if all that we are doing is the praying without the practical, all the work that goes along with that to make sure that our family, our marriage is what it should be, our family is what it should be, our testimony is what it should be. No, the work that goes along with that. If all we're doing is the praying, Don't be surprised when it doesn't turn out the way you thought it was going to. Well, I'm telling you, preacher, God is able. Oh, absolutely so. Yes. No. I understand. I understand. The question being is, Are you willing to stand up and fight for what God wants for you and your family and your church? Not time to run. Not time to hide. Not time to hunker down.
time to pray and get busy that God might have His will done in our lives. I'm going to ask Brother Bronner to play for us just quietly, and I'd like to pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the example of Nehemiah and the workers that were with him. I'm thankful for the Word of God that we have that that enlightens our path, that shows us, Lord, how we should live, that warns us of the enemies that we have and the way that they work. And Father, I, I, my heart's desire as a pastor, as a preacher, is that people would take heed to Your Word and Your way. And Lord, apply themselves. Certainly first seeking Your face, but then have a willingness to work. To be practical. To do those things which You would have us to do. That we might see spiritual progress. Not only in our own lives, but in the lives of our families. Bless your word as it's gone out. Lord, if there's someone listening, watching that does not know Christ as their Savior, I pray that you'd convince them that that is their greatest need. That they might come to the saving knowledge of Christ before it's too late. Lord, I, I pray these next couple of minutes that folks would turn aside as you've spoken to their heart and take time just to talk to you. We thank you for it in Jesus Christ's precious name. Amen. Piano's going to play. We're going to take a moment. You need to turn aside, pray, make an altar of your couch, your chair, wherever you might be. Good time to do that. However God may have spoken to your heart, whatever He wants to do in your life, just let Him have His way. Not time to run from the battle. No, no, no. No. Just because things are the way they are right now doesn't mean that we uh, should slack up. We need determined to move forward. Not let anything stop us from being what God wants us to be. Let Him have His way.